don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. This is Optimus Primer Button, leader of the auto part junkies. And I'm calling on all auto parts junkies to listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every Tuesday at 7 p.m. here on Tantalk. This is Optimus Primer Button. If you don't tune in, it will be the end of the world. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. Hi, this is Jay Leno. Hi, everybody. This is David Hobbs. Hi, this is Bob Marshall. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver, Adam Carolla. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Hi, this is Robert Yates. Hey, this is Lou Santiago. I'm John Forrest. Hey, this is Jack Roush. Hello, Florida. I'm Ken Squire. Hi, this is Etzel Ford. Hi, I'm Corky Coker. Hey, this is Dennis Gage. Hi, this is Sam Amolo. Hi, this is Janet Hi, I'm Bruce Cohn. Hi, I'm Bob Lutz. Hi, this is Dave McClellan. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock. Hi, this is Norm Gravowski. Hey, I'm Dave Despain. Hey, this is Wayne Carini. This is Bill Warner. Hey, I'm Steve Bignanti. This is Kevin Bird. This is Arlen Ness. This is Ed Justice Jr. Hi, I'm Casey Jones. Hi, I'm Paul Kelly. I'm Richard Hutchins. Hi, this is Danny Sullivan. Hi, I'm Bob Bondurant. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Strange. This is Daryl Starbird. Hi, this is Fort Hickok. Hi, this is Ed Skandarian here. This is Robin Miller. Hey, Sports fans, this is Peter Brock here. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Green flag is flown, and we are off with F2 Racing. And right off the bat, it looks like Herbot Racing for a Cure. Keith Herbot and Joseph Skocky have taken the lead in the F2s. But watch out. Team Donzi is right on the outside of them. They are going to try to come up in there, and they have found some power. They're going to try to nose them out. Donzi Marine has moved their way ahead. They've gotten by RNS Racing with Howard Richardson and Jack Storley. And now they're making a play on Total Marine Racing. They're going to try to get ahead of Carl Sadia and Tom Caruso to move into second place. This has really shaped up as the battle because Donzi has found the speed. They're closing in on the second place boat. There you see the Total Marine Racing boat, Carl Sadia and Tom Caruso, that big formula trying to hold off that Donzi. Team Donzi, Mike Stancombe and Doug Valentine now taking the far outside. Now it looks like they're trying to cut through. 
the wake, see if they can get to the inside of the course and run the shorter distance. This is what I love about factory racing. We have two major manufacturers duking it out right here between Formula Power Boats and Donzi. And here comes Donzi coming up on the inside right now. He's found some speed. He's running in the white water. Looks like he is going to get Total Marine Racing. And there he goes. He's got Total Marine Racing. He's now in second place. Now he has his sights set on but one boat. Team Donzi has developed as the story out here. Team Donzi has gone into the lead on the back stretch. There's the checkered flag going out off the Daytona Harley-Davidson pace boat. And right now it is being waved for Team Donzi. So congratulations to Doug Valentine and Mike Sandcombe. They give you a little wave off of the cockpit there above the canopy. They are happy as the rest of the Donzi crew standing on the shoreline. I think Mike Stancombe's a little happy with that flag. Tonight on Nostalgic Cars and Radios, it's... No, it's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yo, Maniacs, Hulk Hogan here, the greatest of all times, and I want to let you know you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and what you're going to do when they run wild on you, brother? Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio in downtown Clearwater. And yes, it is the Bright House Clearwater Superboat National Championship show that we're doing for you this evening, and we got some great guests. we got some boat drivers coming on here in a few minutes, and uh, we got some other stuff going on. So anyway, hey, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and give our uh, first guest a call. Meanwhile, I'm going to tell you guys what's going on. Obviously, the Superboat uh, races. Clearwater. No, Bright Bright House Clearwater Superboat National Championships. That's right. That's what's going on this weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday night. Big party. Big bash party. Did I say that party? Barty is bash and party, right? That's bash and party. Hey, that's a nice new word, Dad, to our Nostalgic Radio and Cars Dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Since I go, I strip over my words all the time. But anyway, okay, so we got the Bright House Clearwater Superboat Championship. National You're not chip. talented. You're not funny. <laughs> I wish I was. Thanks, Lee. But anyway, uh, that's this weekend. Okay, so Friday night, you got Blast Friday, which means we're going to have a band and all kinds of stuff. But downtown, they're going to have the parade. So don't miss out on that. They're going to have all the big boats. You're going to have the Geico boat. You're going to have the Chrissy's Photographic Solutions there. You're going to have WMD's going to be there. You're going to have, let's see, who else? You're going to have a ton of boats out there. You're going to have the team Amsoil. He's going to be out there with his boat, Bob Teague. Matter of fact, he's coming on our show in a little bit. You've got uh, Marine Concepts is going to be out there. You've got the Lucas Silverhook. That's Nigel. He's from England. He's been on our show before. You're going to have the JJ Byrider boat out there. You're going to have the Steel boat. That's Bob Nobel. And his team, they've done amazing out there in Superboat class. You got Superboat stock, you got Risky Business out there, you got, uh, let's see, the Hulk is going to be out there racing, Smart Marine's going to be out there in Production 3 class, you've got Voodoo Offshore Racing, you got Second Amendment, you got Black Pearl. There's so much stuff going on. But anyway, hey, I think what it's time to introduce our first guest. But real quick, the other thing that's going on this weekend across the country is the Porsche Rensport Reunion at Monterey at Laguna Seca. Okay, so you got two major events taking place. you got the Clearwater Superboat races here in downtown Clearwater this weekend and the Rensport Porsche Reunion in Monterey. Now, it's time to introduce our first guest. You heard me talking about some of the boats. Well, my first guest, his name is Bob Christie. Bob Christie is the owner and throttle man of the... 
Christie's Photographic Solution Boat. I'm delighted. To, I'll be okay. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Bob Christie. Bob, are you there? I am. Thank you very much, Robert. Super. Now, you have a cool boat, okay? And uh, what I want to tell everybody that what caught my attention on your boat was when it was sitting in the water, actually when it was sitting on the trailer uh, down there on the uh, by the waterfront, on the transom it says, race until the parts fall off, right? Which is a typical cliche among racers, whether you're cars, boats, motorcycles, or whatever. So tell us how that came about. Well, it really started years, years ago when, when it seemed like every time that we would run a race, there would be something, you know, something laying in the bilge when we were done. Hopefully it wasn't something that ended our day. Um, the, the, the boat is a 26 F1 Scarab, and uh, it's uh, one of the smaller boats in the class. It's light. It's fast. Um, when you get in any kind of rough conditions, though, it takes uh, a bit of a beating out there. So, indeed, the parts do tend to fall off, and uh, we, we make it better than new and put it back out there again. But uh, it, it's, fit, it's fit that saying over the years. Now, you run a 575 cubic, no, 575 horse motor in a big block Chevrolet, right? That's what's in that boat? Um, that's correct. The horsepower is a little bit up from that now, probably closer to um, about 670. Okay, so how fast do you go in, let's say, a medium chop? Um, in a two- to three-foot chop, we can that boat will, will easily run 80. Okay. Um, our, our class, the P4 class, is uh, similar to a bracket racing where we're not supposed to run over 80.9. Now, any anybody in that class really has a boat that's probably capable of, of low 90s anyway, and, um, you know, in... in flat water, those kind of conditions, but they're designed really to run through those, you know, two, three, four-foot chops. When they use the term, the classification, production four, what does that mean exactly? Um, Production four is a certain size uh, of boat, um, 30-foot, 24 to 30-foot boat. Um, they, They don't have specific it's more of the bracket-style racing versus a class that says, okay, you need to run a 502 cubic inch motor with this carburetor, with these exhausts. You have to have a boat that, that can't weigh any less than this. So a lot more restrictions on some of the other classes, whereas ours is a little more open as far as horsepower and, and what you do with your boat. But it's set up to bracket race to um, not break over that 80.9, which Really, in flat water, sometimes clear water is one of the fastest races we run. Uh, water tends to be a little bit flatter, so you're really up against that mark of 80.9, and um, that's quite difficult to stay right at that mark with a, the boat launching in and out of the water and that kind of thing. So the art at that point becomes keeping it in your speed bracket without breaking out. Okay, now you're the throttle man, and it seems like when I go down the list, it seems like most of the throttlemen own the boats. Is that so that you can get out of it and you don't grenade the motor when the driver? Because you control the throttle and the and the trim tabs, right? So you're the guy that's uh, that saves the motor, so to speak, right? Um, indeed. And for me, that started out many years ago, um, not being one of the big budget teams. And you know, when when all of a sudden you put everything you can to put a forty thousand dollar motor in your boat, um, by gosh, if somebody's going to have the fun of blowing it up, it was going to be me. So. <laughs> That's why I started out in that in that position. Give us a little background on yourself. Um, started uh, offshore in a, a little small Donzi in the early '90s. Um, really was not a, a pro built boat at all. 
um, and really went into the, the scarab line and just had established a relationship with them. And they're, they're, they call it the classic call production, but there's really none of the boats out there that you would generally buy off the line, you know, at your boat dealership, simply because most production boats really won't take but so much of that kind of beating, especially if you're in, in you know, four or five foot seas. So anyway, started that, that went uh, through a series of uh, different scarabs, um, had a, a fabulous sponsor for many years, one of the longest-running sponsorships um, outside of, uh, of Christie's Photographic Solutions, which was Ale House Restaurants, um, a longtime Florida favorite. Uh, they sponsored us for eight years. Um, have won the world championship in '04. And um, really got out of it as as I had just done it a long time, and I wanted a little bit of a break. Um, my my son, who grew up around it, is now a a thirty one year old cop over in Titusville. Great kid, John Jeffries, and uh, he always had wanted the opportunity. He was too young to do it, and he is now um, the driver of the boat. So that's been just a really great experience. That. Uh, watching him learn and, and really get the, the unbelievable exhilaration of, of being in what I call an hour-long car wreck. Okay, <laughs> an hour-long car wreck. Now, Scarab, I think of well, uh, Scarab, I think of Wellcraft. Is it still an association there? Um, there is. There, it, it's, it's not what it used to be. There used to be through Wellcraft and, and Scarab, there were... The production scarabs and a great offshore fishing boat, Wellcraft, and I don't know exactly how they've changed, but in you know in '09 with the economy um, scenario, the a lot of boat companies took a pretty good beating as, as well. Wellcraft did, I think they were originally owned by Genmar, um, so they they no longer build a production offshore performance boat called the Scarab. Um, so it's a bit a bit more of a rarity. The Scarab is built in California by Larry Smith, who is the originator of the Scarab. Are all um, vacuum bag balsa cord boat, which is just a way of laying resin into the boat to keep it very very strong and very light at the same time. So those were uh, those most of those all were built in California and then shipped to wherever they're being used. Okay, I see your boat has got a huge step in it. So uh, I'm sure that uh, what year's your boat? I'm sure that helps out quite a bit, that step in there, doesn't it? It does. It, uh, this boat is a 2000. Um, it, in, in all out flat water, the boat, the step's not even in the water. It'll, um, you know, it'll probably run mid-90s. Um, but we don't really ever set up, so I don't know that, that exact that exact speed. But where that boat really is, or that step is really helpful in the boat, is how we run it in offshore. Because you never trim it up all the way. So your trim's down a little bit where that step is catching the bottom. The goal there is to make the bottom more slippery, and it does it with air. It does it with bubbles um, in that, that area at the bottom of the boat, which gets rid of a lot of the drag. Um, it, the, it also, though, does make it considerably more slippery in the corners. Oh, okay. So you have to, when you're going into the corners with it, you have to pay a lot of attention because it's just like going into a corner hot with a, with a car. You know, when you're, you're trail breaking, that back end will come around on you, and you have to be ready to uh, to correct. So that that's something that Johnny uh, takes a lot of time and focus on going into corners because it does it, it slides quite a bit. Interesting. Now, where do you stand in the championship uh, point standing? Um, I believe we are currently in second place for the national championship, um, which will conclude this weekend in Clearwater. Excellent. 
and then we go down to in November, it's almost like a separate, whole separate points type scenario in Key West, which starts on November 8th and runs through the 16th with races um, on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So tremendous, tremendous place to for offshore. It has the challenges of flatter water coming in through the harbor and great, great viewing for spectators. Um, and then you have probably some of the most treacherous waters due to depth changes and boat channels and things like that, um, and, and the November winds in the Keys. It's, uh, so it's challenging. There's the first corner in the Keys is a turn that uh, John Carbonell is always calling the wall. The and, wall. Uh, it, it is, and, and literally you get into it, you may be running through three or four footers going out, and, and it's right where the ship channel changes, and you may make that turn and see, you know, into eight footers. Um, and, and it's hard to it's hard to turn a boat to that because you have to try to keep it in the water to turn it. And at the same time, you got to keep it right side up. So it's a good time to pay attention and, and test your skills. <laughs> well, hey, I, go ahead. I, I particularly like the rough water. I, I think that's a tremendous way to um, really, for, for the experienced teams, you know, I've been at it a while, so... I love the rough water, and we usually uh, excel in that. Um, so keep the keys, so I think, should do as well. Excellent. Well, Bob, if somebody wants to follow you, how do they go about doing it? Um, they can go to Christie's Photographic Solutions, offshoreracing.com. Excellent. Well, I want to wish you the best of luck. I want to thank you for coming on to Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening for a few minutes, and we'll certainly see you this weekend. And I'm sure your boat will be in the parade, too, this weekend, right? Indeed it shall, and we're looking for anybody who wants to come on and do the parade with us. Excellent, excellent. Hey, Bob, I wish you the best of luck. I look forward to seeing you out there, and uh, maybe I'll be uh, out there racing with you some of these days, all right? I hope so. Thank you, Robert. All right, take care. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, I think we got something on the turntable there, which is a little reminiscent of the 80s, and uh, this is a song called Voices by Russ Ballard. And if you guys tuned in to Miami Vice, this was a song you would have heard quite a bit. So, hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Car. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with our next guest for the evening, another fast boat driver.
Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And yes, the Super Bowl races are this weekend. But you know what? We got a new addition this year. Yes, we're going to have a car show down there. It's called Super Boats and Super Cars, Saturday between 10 and 3. So if you get a chance, come on down. We're going to have about 10, 15 cars, maybe a couple bikes. So uh, come on down and say hi to the Nostalgic Radio and Cars gang, okay? Hey, it's time to introduce my next guest for the evening. This gentleman also is an owner and a throttle man for his own team, Team Amsoil. I'm delighted to welcome to the show. Actually, he's an alumni. He was one of the first guests that I had on my show back in 2010 when we did a post-Superboat show. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Bob Teague. Bob, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? Pretty good. Well, welcome back to Clearwater. It's been about five years, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Uh, we ran um, we ran there as a Supercat Light uh, back when that class existed. And, and since then, we've converted our Team Amsoil skater to a Supercat. So we're running in a different class, the Supercat Light class, actually, um, was discontinued, so we had to change the boat around to to uh, meet the specifications of the new class. What's the difference in the classes? Because the boats are almost identical, right? Yeah, the boats are pretty much identical. Uh, they they used to run a 525 EFI Mercury engine, and um, and the out and the weight coming out was 8,350 pounds. Uh, now with the spec built motors, uh, they call them 750s. They make a little more horsepower than that. It's a it's a single carbureted uh, spec head, nine and a half to one, um, seven thousand RPM maximum. Uh, there's a cam profile uh, restriction, and um, they have to run on pump gas. And um, they make uh, you know just shy of eight hundred horsepower, uh, but our weight uh, has changed from eighty three hundred and fifty pounds to nine thousand five hundred coming out. So, in my boat and probably several of the boats that were were converted. Uh, we had to actually uh, bolt lead ingots into the boat to to uh, have it weigh enough to be able to make weight coming out into the race. Interesting. Now you're coming all the way from California. Are you making the furthest distance? Do you get the furthest distance award this year for participating in well, Clearwater? I think I get the furthest distance for uh, making the marathon race. It was uh, three thousand miles on the dot from Valencia, California, and um, you know since then, of course, we went from marathon up to the uh, race in Michigan City. And so that's a pretty good trek up there. And uh, uh, right now I'm in Michigan. I've, I've, uh, I've stored the boat up here, uh, getting it ready for the race in Clearwater. And um, uh, so I'm going to start driving at 3 in the morning and, and uh, probably make it to Lake City tomorrow and then, and then come on down on Thursday morning uh, into Clearwater. Now, you've got a pretty uh, heavy class there. You've got uh, Bob Nobel with his steel boat. You've got the Broadco boat. You've got a... Well, let's see, about three or four other little boats in your class. So uh, how do you think you'll do against these guys? Well, you know, the, the nice thing about this class is anybody can win. Uh, the boats are so evenly matched that, uh, you know, it depends on the conditions and, and the who's in the boat and the setup and the course. And uh, there's a certain amount of guessing that goes on to figure out what your setup should be, and that's uh, weight placement and propellers and everything else, um, you know, based off of what the conditions are and the length of the course. But, uh Billy Moff and WHM, uh, he's got the largest boat in the fleet. 
and um, so if it's really rough, uh, he might have an advantage. Um, uh, J.R. Noble in the still boat, he's, uh, he had an accident uh, earlier in the year at the Marathon, which he's missed a race or two, so he's coming back with a boat that's just been uh, completely redone after, um, after they had to do repairs on it. Um, and we got Randy Swears with an MTI that's, uh, that's a competitive boat, and um, also uh, we have uh, Cleveland Construction with uh, my friend uh, Ed Smith from uh, St. Clair, Michigan. He's going to be there. Uh, as well as ourselves, and uh, I'm not sure that uh, Brodko is going to make it. Uh, they're still doing uh, damage repair from uh, uh, from the uh, race o- uh, earlier in the season. Interesting. Now, these boats are basically set up for the most part. Like you said, the motors are spec motors, so you can't mess with the motors. So what can you really do? Play with the props, the outdrives? Can you play with uh, I mean, the hull a little bit? Is there anything you can do? No, the hull also has a specification. You can only have a certain width tunnel. Uh, we have to run a specified gear ratio, which is 1.61 to 1 reduction. Uh, you can run uh, any propeller. Um, the engines can be built by anybody, but they have to be built to the specifications. So the uh, inspection crew goes through and, uh, and, uh, and checks them for compression and valve lift and uh, all the other criteria that they have to meet. And the cylinder heads can't be ported, and the intake manifolds can't be ported, and so on. Um, and then uh, there's also a data logger in the boat that uh, keeps track of how many RPM both engines are running. At the end of the race, they pull the chip out of the boat and put it in their computer to make sure that you're compliant. You, uh, How many races do you participate in a year? Uh, we try to get uh, you know eight or nine races in, in a year. This year, uh, SBI uh, has a little uh, lighter schedule than that. Um, and in order to uh, satisfy... Um, our sponsor, Amsoil, we, we've done a, a couple races with the, uh, another sanctioning organization, but uh, uh, we are um, really happy to uh, be able to come and participate in the national championships. I personally had uh, spine surgery on my C-spine earlier in the year, so I wasn't able to make uh, Cocoa Beach because uh, I didn't get clearance yet from Dr. Jansen uh, to do that. So so I missed that race, so I'm kind, I'm kind of playing catch-up right now. Okay. Now, let me go back a little bit about you a little bit. you got a company in California, and you kind of build boats, but you're also, if I remember correctly, you are a test boat driver for one of the magazines, right? That's right. Well, uh, T Custom Marine in Valencia, California, um, we have a complete uh, engine line, plus we build uh, 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 installation hardware for uh, most of the major companies, and, uh, of course, mail order and... Uh, and all that stuff. So uh, we actually don't build hulls, but we do complete installations on new boats and re-rigs on, on, on boats like that. Uh, I've been testing boats uh, for uh, various magazines uh, for almost 40 years, starting with Powerboat Magazine um, up until when uh, it closed up uh, a few years ago. I've also tested for uh, Speed on the Water, Speedboat, uh, Performance Boat Magazine, and all that. Uh, so I've pretty much driven almost all the performance boats that uh, exist uh, right now. What's the fastest boat you've driven? 203. 203 on the was, water. And that was a mystic. But, um, you know, the, the funny thing is that a lot of the pleasure boats now are, are you know, faster, uh, you know, uh, in perfect conditions uh, than the Supercats are. But Supercats, um, you know, are capable of speeds in the 140s and and they're all perfectly matched, so it makes a, a great uh, racing environment. And um, 
you know, it's deck-to-deck racing. It's probably the best that this class has been uh, in years. When you were here back in 2010, what was the course layout like? It was uh, pretty similar to the, what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, that race uh, was uh, fairly bumpy, and uh, fortunately uh, we nailed the setup that, that particular race, and uh, so we had a really good day. Interesting. Now, of all the courses that you run around, are the East Coast, West Coast, uh, do you have a favorite? Well, you know, there's not much going on on the West Coast right now, but uh, I've been racing offshore so long, uh, you know, I've got over a 1,000 races under my belt, and, uh, you know, in the early days, 70s and 80s, our race courses were, you know, 250 miles. And uh, it wasn't this uh, kind of stadium-style circle racing where the it was spectator friendly then we would leave and go 35 miles to a checkpoint somewhere uh with one boat waiting to make sure that we did it so um it's changed quite a bit you know the, the pacific ocean uh, tends to have a uh, much larger swells and then and then maybe a wind chop on top of it um and then of course we have uh you know we, you can't count out the, the the capabilities of rough water in the great lakes like in michigan city um you know, in the uh, east coast of Florida and uh, up and down the east coast, uh, you know, Atlantic City and places like that, uh, it, it can generally be rough. I've never seen it flat at Clearwater um, and uh, other places like Sarasota. You know, it, it uh, it's deceiving. Uh, it's usually rougher than it looks, and it's always rougher than it looks generally from the shore. Key West can be anything. Uh, and last year we had uh, a medium day on Wednesday and a flat day on Friday, and we had a horrible day on Sunday. So um, it, 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 you get what you get, and we're all racing the same uh, conditions, and, and uh, that's part of the challenge is to uh, develop a, a piece of reliable equipment and also try to figure out the setup. And, uh, you know, right when that green flag drops, what kind of day you're going to have because, uh, you, first of all, you can compare yourself to your competitors, but... You also know if your boat is in good balance. And if your boat's in good balance, you're going to have an easy day. If your boat's out of balance, then you're struggling the whole day. Let me ask you a question. Where do you guys uh, sit in the point standing for this event? I I think we're third right now. Third, okay. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I think think that WHM is in first place. I I really haven't looked, but... uh, And Cleveland Construction is in second place. That's Ed Smith, and then I think we're in third place. So if you missed the first race, so we're kind of at a disadvantage. We'd probably be, um, you know, a little higher if we had raced the first race. And, and of course, that's if we'd have done well. You can't say because we weren't there. Do you have a shot at taking uh, first place in your class? Everybody has a shot of taking first place. Well, no, this being a championship, so so you're real close. I think think it's going to be difficult for us to actually achieve a uh, national championship this year. Uh Um, I think that could only happen uh, um, at this point if uh, somebody didn't show up. So, you know, we're going to go out there and do the best we can do and put on a good show for SBI and and, and for our fans, and and we're hoping for a win, but... uh, you know, we have a lot of respect for all the teams we're racing against, and um, I think that uh, they all have a shot at it. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is uh, a lot of us work to help each other with our boats uh, during the day and getting ready. And and, uh, and then uh, when the green flag drops, it's war, and then when the checkered flag comes up, we're all pals again. So, yeah, that's you know, the way it works. That, 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 that's, a, that's, a, that's a good thing about the sport, and um, it's one of the things that's kept me doing it for 42 years. 
Yep, that's what they call it's called camaraderie in motorsports and racing. Excellent. That's right. So, Bob, if they want to follow you, how do, where do they go? Uh, you can go uh, on Team uh, Amsoil Offshore. We have a, a, a Facebook and also at TeakCustomMarine.com uh, and also our Facebook at TeakCustomMarine. Uh, those are some of the best places to follow us right now. We've got uh, posts going up every day. And, um, of course, we're on uh, uh, AmsoilRacing.com as well. So uh, there's a lot of ways to uh, stay in touch with us. And uh, you can go on uh, Facebook and become a, uh, become a friend of our group. Uh, on uh, uh, Amsoil Offshore Racing, and um, and you can also join TeakCustomMarine.com, and you can uh, get all the latest updates uh, that we're doing. We put a lot of videos up. Uh, we put a video up of uh, of um, Key West last year, an in cockpit uh, on Sunday that got uh, um, it, you know if you add everything up, in excess of a million views. So um, we have we have a lot of fun with that. We're going to have cameras on the boat this weekend. Um, and so out of that, we'll probably generate another video. Super. Well, Bob, I want to thank you very much for coming on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I wish you the best of luck. Look forward to seeing you Friday. You'll probably be in the parade. And uh, good luck in the uh, race. And with a little attrition, you might take home that first-place trophy, right? Yeah. You know, once you make a start, at least you get points. So uh, it, it would be a long shot for us, but uh, we're still looking. We're going to do everything we can to win the race, and I'm sure that Everybody else feels the same way, which that makes the class really competitive. Super. All right, well, you take care, and I'll see you this weekend. Okay, see you there. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, that was Bob Teague from Amsoil. He's got a really cool 36-foot skater. Be sure and check out his boat. He signed some autographs for you, and he's got T-shirts. Bobby, what do we got in the turntable there? We got the theme song from Thunder in Paradise. Oh, yeah. Kissed by Hurricane, Michael Lanning. Yeah. That was part of the Hulk Hogan TV series there for a while. All right, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. We'll be right back, and we have our third guest for the evening with you. But this time, we're going to talk about Laguna Seca and the Porsche Rensport reunion. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Brian Redman, retired racing driver, nine times racing champion, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and yeah, you are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Brian Redman. And he will be at the Porsche Rensport reunion this weekend. Matter of fact, I think he's one of the founders of that event. But now it's time to introduce my next guest. My next guest is Vice President of Communications and Historic Races at Mazda Laguna Seca Raceway. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Barry Tupke. Barry, are you there? I am here. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Did I pronounce your name right? As I respond to anything but Mary Jane, so you did fantastic. Thank you very much. Excellent. And you know what? I can just sense the enthusiasm in your voice. You're so excited about this weekend, which really commences tomorrow, you know? So tell us about the Rensport Reunion. Oh, my gosh. Porsche Rensport Reunion, this is the fifth edition, and we last held it here in uh, 2011 and were blown away. I am looking out from the steward's room in the paddock right now at the Porsche Park in the paddock of what they're building, and it is it's astounding. There are stages. There's going to be bands. There's going to be new car introductions. There's going to be uh, the Le- all the Le Mans winners that have been through Porsche, including the most recent one, the 919 hybrid that just won uh, just a few months ago, actually. I mean, it is, if, if you're into Porsches, this is the absolute place to be. If you're into motorsports, this is the place to be as well, because it's more than just, you know, Porsche. I mean, this is, this is, the legends that made the Porsches famous and the Porsches that made the legends famous. I mean, it is an amazing, amazing experience. Well, now, you guys celebrated, what, a 50- or 60-year anniversary here not too long ago, didn't you? Uh, we just, in August, just <laughs> just last month, we, we turned around and the Rolex Monterey Motorsports reunion, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the Shelby GT350. Okay. And we had 550 participants. We had Formula One out here uh, with historic Formula One cars. We had Can-Am, or not Can-Am, but uh, uh, F5000, mm-hmm. and plus a full field of the GT350s that, uh, yeah, the rumble of these cars and, and the, the people that were here to celebrate. Uh, just just an incredible experience. It's it's. You know, you know, we like to say it's a museum springing to life. Uh, you know, these cars are many times in, in museums that uh, people don't touch and don't get out. And here people are out going wheel-to-wheel, racing them, firing them up. It's, it's certainly not a static display, that's for sure. Well, it's kind of interesting you said that. You know, like it kind of reminds me of the movie, Night at the Museum. Here's a weekend of the museum for car guys, so this is perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Ideal. Excellent. Absolutely. I mean, you, you have so many cars, and then, you know, there's about, 40 or five, about 45 legends that are coming over as well. Everyone from, you know, Vic Elford, Derek Bell, Jurgen Barth, uh, Hurley Haywood, Hans Herman, Jackie X. I mean, the list just goes on and on of people who have a passion for Porsche uh, one way or the other, who have raced them in anger, and now they're out here to celebrate, 
you know, something that's just very, very special. And like I said, this is the fifth edition of Porsche Rentsport, and it's held every three or four years, and uh, it's just an amazing experience. You know, you talk about marks, you know, Porsche, Ferrari, Aston Martin, Ford, Chevrolet. I don't think that on a worldwide basis there is any other mark besides Porsche that is so well-loved, so well-organized, and has such a following. Would that be a fair statement? I, I think it's absolutely true. Um, you know, you have Ferrari is obvi- you know, has a huge following, obviously, uh, but not everyone can afford Ferraris, and you know, Porsches are, are a little bit more affordable, even though um, you know, they come out with these supercars, uh, the 918, that are just, we uh, had it on track during a, a magazine testing, and the sound of this of this car was just incredible, and the way it, the way Randy Popes was saying it was handling was just amazing. But you're right, Porsche has such a huge following, and and you know, in 2011, I've, I'm a car guy. Um, I, I like Porsche. I, I respect what they do, but I, I was like, okay, there's just going to be a bunch of cars that all look the same. So 2011 comes, and the buildup, and and the the fans that were here, and the the, the people that were here. I mean, I just got goosebumps of thinking, wow, this is something that no other make can do. And, you know, this weekend, you know, ticket sales are, are, you know, phenomenal compared to 2011 because people saw and heard what happened in, in 11 and realized, wow, we can be in, immerse ourselves in the Porsche world. And you're also on the scenic coastal community of Monterey, where the hotels and the restaurants are only 10 minutes away from the racetrack, which doesn't happen too often anymore. Um, I mean, it, it, it's this whole environment that really creates an experience that uh, you know, is really unmatched. It's interesting you should mention that because for most people don't realize that really the racetrack kind of sits in a bowl, you know, so like you're shrouded by these, you know, beautiful uh, country. Well, it's a countryside, but yet you got the, it's like these little, small little mountains there, you know? So does the racing noise actually emit, or does it kind of like just kind of confine to the inside of that little <laughs> bowl there? Uh, sometimes we wish it would be confined to our inside bowl. Uh, we have very severe sound restrictions uh-huh. at uh, Mazda Raceway, Laguna Seca, because of the, because we are the proximity of homes and, and downtowns, and yeah, we have unlimited sound days. This is of which unlimited sound weekend. Uh, the, 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 you know, when we had Formula One, for instance, I had a friend text me and say, oh, you're running the F1 cars. And they were quite a few miles away. So it depends on the atmospheric conditions, obviously, and the way the wind's blowing and things like that. But, um, you know, we, we like the music that we create. And we are, we are very good uh, neighbors, we alert people when we are having uh, test days and things of that sort. And, and I mean, the track is busy almost every day of the year through track rentals, or uh, you know, car clubs testing things like that from automakers. So there's always something going on. And but we are always monitoring the sound levels to, to ensure that we're within uh, the acceptable limits that the county provides to us. Interesting. Now, congratulations on keeping Monterey. Laguna Seca or Mazda Laguna Seca Raceway, Mazda Laguna Seca Raceway, because you guys just have to fend off a, uh, let's say, a predator. And I don't want to go into it because it's a big political mess and everything like that. And uh, coming from Florida, uh, I don't need to say any more. But anyway, <laughs> congratulations to you guys. I hope you keep it the way it is. It's a great course. you got your own little thing going there. So the best of luck to you in that regard. Now, let's get back to yeah, thank you. the Porsche Rennsport thing. You guys, I am told that you pre-sold 
40 plus thousand tickets for this event. This is just for attendance, correct? Correct. I mean, that, I mean, it's an amazing number. Um, and more people are doing print-at-home tickets and things like that. So we're expecting, we're, we are sold out of parking. Uh, we're, we're using remote lots and things of that sort because no one wants to take a bus or, or we can't. This is not a, a kind of crowd that, okay, park at the airport and or, uh, you know, CSUMB, the Monterey State College, and we'll bus you in. Now people want to bring their cars. And, you know, that's the beauty of it. I mean, the, we have over 1,400 Porsches in the car corrals alone. So you, when you start adding up all the spaces and, you know, the marketplace, there's, they're selling all sorts of types of things. And, you know, Cayman Island uh, for the Porsche Club of America and what they're doing. I mean, it, it, it is, <laughs> it, it, I don't know where you start. I don't know where you end. Um, well, now give us... Porsche is taking over the garages and they're, you know, they're having these Le Mans winners, you know, just cars that you just don't see. And, you know, the 718s, and the 917s, the 908s, uh, 962s, and, you know, they're on display, and they're also going to be on the track running and, and putting on a really good show, both sound and, and uh, you know, well, it's all your senses. Now, I'm told that normally you have, at, at any given automotive event, usually 350 to maybe 400 cars in the paddock area that are racing, and this time I hear there's something close to 500-plus cars that are going to be there. I mean, just as, we're talking race cars and in the paddock area now. We're not talking about the spectator or the, the club participants, the 1,400 Porsches you're talking about. We're talking race cars now, right? Yeah, absolutely, and, and we're running uh, also the GT3 Cup. It's their uh, finale, so they're going to be out here uh, running a pro race. Oh, really? So we, have the, we have the early year, early model year Porsches and all the way through the prototypes and uh, yeah, they're they're running, and I mean the paddock is going to be absolutely crammed, packed with, with with race cars and stuff that you just don't normally see. And yeah, you're you're able to get in, talk to the drivers and the owners. Most of the time, they let you get into the car. You know, there's some great shots of last August during the Rolex Monterey Motorsports reunion of kids getting in the cars and and you know the next generation appreciating what these cars are like. And you know that's important to to keep keep that movement going and, and, you know, preserve these cars and, and keep them out there. Well, I think vintage racing in general, which is why I'm a huge um, proponent of it and, and, and a fan, is uh, because it is kind of like racing in the old days where you can get up personal and talk to the race car drivers. You can go over and touch the car. You can sometimes sit in the cars where in today's racing it is so commercial and so intense, you can't do that. You can't unless you get special credentials. You can't even get anywhere near the pit area, much less the paddock area. Yeah, exactly, like Formula One. I mean, without unless unless you're walking on the track like this past weekend, um, I don't know how that guy got on the track. But uh, you're, you're right. I mean, it, our paddock is completely open, and that's part of the spirit of this facility. Is this is where sports car racing really caught on back in the 50s. Uh, you know, it used to be the Pebble Beach Road Races when, when the, the, the veterans from, from the war would come back and saw all these European sports cars and said, wow, they're, they're racing these sports cars. And that's kind of brought that, 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 that flavor over to the U.S. And that's how Laguna Seca began uh, its facility. I mean, in, in three months' time, they had a race here since they... they, they, they Close the book and say, okay, you can build a racetrack. Three months later, they're hosting their very first sports car race. So, I mean, there's, there's a spirit here that is really unmatched anywhere else or a few places in the U.S. at least 
that has the sports car racing spirit and, and the camaraderie and the small track. It's a tight technical facility. Um, but you're right. I mean, the paddock is open, and we encourage people to talk to the drivers and owners and take a look at the cars, take pictures, and, and be part of the experience because that's, that's part of the whole, whole show. The uh, track is what? It's two and a half, three miles? Is that what it is? Yeah, 2.238. Okay. Now, do you get a so chance? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a small, I mean, it, it's a very demanding, uh, very technical track to, to drive. Especially the corkscrew, right? The corkscrew, once you get the rhythm, you, you, it, it's, it's not as intimidating once you get the rhythm, but it is a blind turn, and you know coming up, it's a hard left and a right immediately, and, and you're descending five and a half, six stories down in a very short period of time. So it, it, it gets to you. <laughs> you feel it in your stomach. Well, when you come out of the corkscrew, you immediately go to the left, and that's a negative camber turn, too. So that thing, the course rolls off to one side, so you just kind of glide right off the track if you're not paying attention. Exactly. It's a nice sweeper, and then all of a sudden you have a hard right, into turn 11, then the slowest turn is turn 11, which is a basically a left-hand turn, and uh, then you got the you know the straight you know the start you know start the straightaway mm-hmm. uh, into turn one and two, but uh, turn one is just a little 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 hiccup there yeah. uh, into the hairpin, the Andretti hairpin. But uh, you know, people who drive this course or ride it on motorcycles, they come away with respect of oh, it looked it looked easier than it than it really is. Well, back in the 80s, they actually made a commercial, and I think it might have been with Yamaha, and they came up with a, I believe, it was either the Seca or Laguna Seca motorcycle, uh, you know, badged, I think it was a Yamaha back in the day. I don't know if you remember that. If you ever get a chance, I was trying to find that commercial on YouTube. I thought maybe I, I could find it and play it. But um, anyway, yeah, so and now... Then Mustang came out with the Boss 302 Laguna Seca edition. That's uh, true. About, uh, in 2010, I think it was. That's exactly right. Parnelli Jones was there to introduce that vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you get a so, chance? Go ahead. Yeah, so we, we get these people that, that that come here and they want to be here and they have memories here and uh, you know Phil Hill's. I don't know. I was not Phil Hill. Uh, uh, Sterling Moss's first win on American soil was here, and you know, it's just there's something iconic about this facility that you just walk around and go, the legends are here, and they still are. Uh, yeah, that's true. Now, do you get a chance to drive on a track very often? Uh, not in anger, no. <laughs> Not in anger. <laughs> I, I, drive my, I drive my Mazda six, nice and slow. Although I, I'll tell you, when you're when you're on the track, slow can be. You, you do find yourself picking up speed as you're, you know, giving tours around. We also hold a monthly twilight cycling. So bicycles uh, get out on track. Really? And I did. I did it last month. I'm not a bicyclist. I, I haven't. I haven't been to the gym in years. So I, I had my son with me. who's 21. I thought, hey, let's go ride the bike. Let's go ride the track. Yeah, you know, and he's a big stud. You know, he's in great shape. So we go out. You know, turn one, two, three, four, no problem. Five, no problem. Well, between you know five to six, it starts to go up. Yes. And then six to eight is far steeper than than you really know, and it doesn't show it on TV. It was brutal. But then go descending down the corkscrew, uh, you you pick up a lot of speed. Oh, I can imagine. So we, have, we have a lot of people that go out, come out here and do that, and just have a blast. Wow. Now, if people want to find out more and more and more about Laguna Seca and the Rensport Reunion, where do they go? Best way is just MazdaRaceway.com. And we've got it up on our page with all the links, so ticket prices and times and schedules. Uh, there's going to be more information coming in the next uh, 48 hours of, of who the legends are and, and some of the really, really super key cars. Uh, so that's all 
all coming up, but um, that's the best way to find out. Now, the Rensport, do you have, can you give us a little history? We've got a few minutes left. Can you give us a little history on the, on the whole Rensport reunion thing? It, it really was started in, I think it was in 96, when uh, Porsche was celebrating its 50th anniversary here at the, what was called then the Monterey Historic Automobile Races, and their PR guy, Bob Carlson, and uh, he, he saw this, this, he had this little nugget in his mind like, wow, there's something here that we should maybe be doing something. And then about a month later in Lime Rock, uh, Brian Redman was doing something, I think it was 50 of 50, and you know, 50 years of Porsche or something like that. And really, the two of them were talking and said, we should do something. And a lot of people thought they were crazy for coming up with this idea of an all-Porsche event. I mean, really, who's going who's gonna to buy into that? And they named it Rennsport, which is German for racing, so Porsche racing. And the first one uh, took off, and I think it was at Lime Rock, before moving to uh, Daytona. And it, it, it began its own momentum. People really latched on. And, and 2011, here in California, the first time on the West Coast, yeah, in the largest Porsche market in the U.S., and certainly a very strong one in worldwide, you know, the fans came out in droves. And we, we talked to them in Porsche Cars North America and trusted us to host it once again this year. And you know, we're, we're thrilled that they're back, and it's going to be bigger and better than, than what we even anticipated. So incredible. For the greatest Porsche ritual on the planet, Rensport Reunion, Laguna Seca this year. Hey, Barry, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. We'll see you this weekend for sure. I'll be out there hanging out with you guys. I'm going to be everywhere. I'm omnipresent yeah. I'm, 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 I'm here this weekend. So at any rate, I want, to, I want to thank you very much for coming on here, sharing some stories with us about uh, Laguna Seca and the Porsche Rensport reunion. Barry, take care. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Indian Cars. Don't forget the Superboat Weekend, Clearwater Superboat Nationals, and don't forget Superboat and Supercar Car Show Saturday from 10 to 3. We're going to have about 15, 20 cars out there, maybe a few bikes. Don't forget to check it out. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. Hey.